Look in verse number 28. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. I want to read this one verse to you. And uh, it's a simple verse. It's a familiar verse. It's a simple verse. Uh, but I want to read it to you this morning. And I want to give you three little simple thoughts out of this verse this morning. The Bible said in verse number 28. I'm really not even going to take a lot of time to go into the context. We're just going to look straight at the verse and bring a little thought straight out of it. The Bible said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Boy, what a promise from God's Word this morning. Amen. What a promise. Matter of fact, I was talking about those precious promises that we find in First and Second Peter um, in Sunday school this morning. But what a promise from God's Word. He said, if we'd come to Him, that He'd give us rest. Amen. Father, I pray over the next few minutes, God, that You'd help us and use us as we look into Your Word. I pray, God, that You'd give us the mind of Christ. Father, help us to know exactly what to say. God, I pray, Lord, if there'd be one here lost this morning, God, that You'd save them. I pray, God, if there'd be one here out of Your will, God, I pray, Lord, that You'd bring them back close to You again. God, we'll give You the praise for it's in Your name we pray it. And all of God's children said, Amen and Amen. You can be seated this morning. And I want to look into this verse this morning and preach on uh, simply, Oh, what an invitation this morning. Oh, what an invitation. Again, the verse says to us, and we can probably just about all of us quote it, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. There is that promise from God's Word that He will give us rest. You know, a lot of times, and, and, and I'll say this more in the closing than even right now, but a lot of times we battle things in our life that we really don't have to battle. A lot of times we worry about things in our life that we really don't have to worry about. My wife and I was talking this week, and, and as we was talking, she was sharing some things with me, and I looked at her, and I said, you know what, honey? I said, that is beyond our control. There's absolutely nothing uh, that we can do about it. So you know what I choose to do? I choose not to worry about something uh, that I can't control, amen? But he gives us an invitation here this morning uh, to come unto him. Note three things with me this morning, uh, and we'll go home. Number one, I want you to note the invitation. Note what he says in verse number one or verse number 28. The beginning of it says, come unto me. There is an invitation that goes out today. He says, come unto me. Now, whenever I read that and began thinking about it, the first thing that I said to myself was this, who is me? Who is me? You know, an invitation, I, I can give you an invitation to go to the White House today and see the president. But you're probably not going to get there. You may go to the White House, but you're probably not going to see the president. I can give you an invitation to go to the governor's house and see the governor today. But you're probably, I go on and say it this way, you're not going to see him, okay? You say, preacher, why? Because the invitation was not from a, a reliable source. And he's saying here this, I'm going to give you rest. If you're heavy laden uh, and the troubles of this life have got you pressed down and you need to sit down a while and rest, if you'll come to me, I'll give that to you. So who is the source of this invitation? Who invites us to come unto them today? If you'll study your Bible and you, that's got a red letter edition Bible, we'll know 
note that that words right there are the words of Jesus Christ. You'll note that they are words of red. And it means that it is Jesus that is saying that. You say, preacher, what do you mean? I simply mean this this morning. The invitation is coming from a reliable source this morning. It's coming from God the Creator. It's coming from Jesus Christ. If there's anybody in this world that can give us rest, it's Jesus Christ. Paul said in this world only, I had hope. I'd be of all men most miserable, but I'm glad my hope is beyond this world today. I'm glad my rest does not lie in this world and it does not rely on the politicians of this world or the economical part of this world, but my rest lies beyond this world in a man by the name of Jesus. Note the invitation. It is the person in the invitation and that person is Jesus. That person is Him. Again, the source of the invitation means a lot. You can go to the uh, sweet little pumpkin baby shower why? Because the right source has invited you. Amen. You ever got something and it was invitation only? It was. I remember one time I, I went to some kind of gun thing. And uh, it was back when I was working at the hospital for Brother Greg. And right after I came here, and I'd got to be friends with a guy named Jason Stapire. And many of y'all know him. He's a doctor here. And uh, I'd got to be friends with him. And he said, man, we're going to this thing tonight. And I've got two tickets. It's invitation only. Won't you go with me? Brother, Brother Tim, I could have showed up and said, hey, look, I want to go in there. But the invitation was not there until he gave it to me. And Jesus is saying today, it is the person of the invitation he's saying if you'll come to me if you'll come to me I will give you rest how many times do we take our troubles to everybody else but the Lord there's one thing for certain you're going to face adversity you, you, we're not exempt from it church we're not exempt from problems our problems will come but the way we deal with our problems has a lot to do with the person we take our problems to. A lot of times we blame things on other people and it's really not their fault. A lot of times, Brother Stan, a problem will come our way and we'll pick up the phone and we'll call 17 people and try to figure out how to solve that problem if you'll just take your problem to the right person. He said, come to me. Come to me. Come to me. Come unto me. There's the person of the invitation. But note this. There's the power of the invitation. We're looking for rest in this verse. And you know what? He has the power to sustain that. He has the power to give that to you. Nobody can give you the rest that Jesus can give you. You know, a lot of people you say, well, how did you sleep last night? Man, I slept like a baby. You didn't get much rest then. Let me tell you what a baby would do. Miss Christie would scream about every two hours and want something to eat. She said, not out there. It's just perfect. You wait till about two years old. <laughs> Are you with me? Daddy, you say, I say, how'd you sleep? Man, I slept like a log. That's what a lot of old time timers would say. I slept like a log. You know what he's been saying? He said, man, when I laid down, I didn't move again. 99% of the time, that's the way I sleep. My wife did that. 99% of the time, my head hits a pillow, buddy. It, it's not, uh, it's not, I'm going to talk to you for 10 minutes. My head hits a pillow, I'm gone. 99% of the time, I'm out. Unless you're in the altar of, uh, of a church of God 
in Raynell, West Virginia, and it's 12 degrees. Ain't that right, Brother Will? You should preach what he said. That rest that Christ can give us is a rest like no other. And here's the thing. He has the power to do that. He has the power to do that. He had the power to part the Red Sea, did he not? He had the power to say, let there be, and there was. I said this teaching Sunday school this morning about our faith. How many times in our life, how many times in our life do we doubt God when it comes to the storms of our life? We can have faith in God for our soul. You hearing me? For our soul. So preach what you How do you believe you're going to get to heaven? Through what? Through Jesus Christ. You have faith that he's going to do that. But how many times has a storm come in your life that you've doubted God in that storm? We can trust God with our soul, but we can't trust Him with our storm. Can I tell you something? If you look to the right person, He has the power that you can trust Him. You don't have to run their body out. He has the adequate amount of power. I mean, isn't He the one that was asleep on the pillow in the midst of the storm? And everybody in the boat was afraid that the boat was going to sink? And we say this preaching so many times, Brother Chris would say, and Jesus stepped out on the bow of the ship and said, Peace be still. The only problem with that, that's not in the Bible. It never recorded anywhere, Brother Jonathan, that he ever even got up off bed. The Bible just says Jesus said, Peace be still. I mean, while the storm was raging and the boys on the boat was afraid they was going to lose everything, including their own life, and Jesus laying on the bed said, Peace be still, and the waters was calm. I mean, the man that in the midst of another storm, the very thing that they was afraid of, he come walking on it to them and allowed Peter to get out on the very thing that he was afraid of and walked. You say, well, Peter took his eyes off of God and he began to fail. He began to fall down. There wasn't nobody else in that boat got out of it. I promise you, I wouldn't have got out of it. The man that had the power to walk on the, the very thing that everybody else did. That's the man that says, if you'll just come to me, I've got the power to calm your storm. So many times we about need to buy a new microphone like that. So many times we try to call them stuff. We want to control. We want to make everything right. And let me tell you what you're going to do when you try to calm your storm and still allowing God to calm your storm. You're going to cause a great big mess, and it's going to be a bigger mess than it was when you began. The best thing we can do with the storms of our life, church, is run to a person. He has given us an invitation. Come on to me. And he does have the power. There is the person of the invitation. There's the power of the invitation. But note this with me. There's the propitiation of the invitation. The propitiation. Listen to this verse. Let me read you another verse. The Bible says this in, in, in 1 John 2, 2. And he is the propitiation for our sins. And not for ours only, but also for the sin of the whole world. Listen to what he said in verse number 10 of chapter 4. Here's what he said. Here is, herein is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us. And sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. 
What did he say? He said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Yes, we can use it for the storms of this life. But I really believe the context of the Scripture is simply dealing with sin and the storms that sin brings our way because we don't know Him. So we see the person in that invitation. We not only see the person of it, we see the power of it. But don't you know the propitiation of it? The propitiation is simply this. And He is the propitiation for our sin. We want to talk to God in the midst of the storm. We want God to help us. But we have a problem. We cannot get to God on our own. Why? Because of sin. Because of sin. Listen to this. Propitiation in the Greek is, is the number 2434. And this is what it means. That which appeases anger and brings reconciliation with someone who has reason to be angry with one. You see, God has a reason to be angry with us today. See, God has no reason to be angry with me. Yes, He does. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. God has a reason to be angry with us. And in the midst of God's anger towards us, matter of fact, why did He create hell? He created it in His anger. He said, for a fire is kindled in my anger. Yes, God does get mad sometimes. And God cannot look upon sin. And God is angry towards sin. But aren't you glad that this man that said come unto me was our propitiation in other words he was our go between he's the reason that we can talk to God and God can talk to us the propitiation so you see number one the invitation this morning number two let me show you this not only the invitation but number two the invited the invited the invitation but number two who, who's invited to this Come unto me. Who's invited to this? Come unto me. All ye that labor and are heavy laden. I like that word all in my Bible. Because let me tell you what it means. It means all. It means all. You know what it means in any language that you study it in? It means all. So the, the those that are invited, let me tell you, it's the world. I was reading after uh, an author this, this week. And um, uh, matter of fact, I read after him a lot, a lot. And I was reading out of Hebrews and uh, 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 out of Romans uh, on Jesus being sacrificed for the world, which we know in Hebrews he's our great high priest. And as I was reading, Brother Cameron, I, I got to picking up on a couple of things. And I thought, Brother Matt, I thought, I don't know about that. And as I got to reading on in it, he was a Calvinist. Out of all these years of reading behind him, it's the first time I've seen him. He was a Calvinist. You say, well, what's a Calvinist? A Calvinist is somebody, simply just put it real simple this morning, that believe that there is only a elect few that can be saved. That salvation is not for the world, it's just for a certain few, and that certain few is predestined to be saved. In other words, it don't matter what they do, they're going to be saved and they're going to go to heaven. And if you're not predestined, Brother Chris, it don't matter what you do, you're going to go to hell. You said, Preacher, what, what do you mean by I mean, they're, they're pretty dumb. They're pretty dumb. Word, all, I mean, I, 
I'm not that smart, Miss Christie, but I can understand all. I know all. All means all. Those who are invited into this rest this morning. Let me tell you who it is. It is the world today. It's the world, man. It's the world. If I honestly, now I'm not working to be saved. Amen. But if that's the way I believe, a predestined person to be saved, if I'm going to get it, I'm going to get it, and if I'm not, I'm not, I probably wouldn't do half of what I do. I don't go to church to be saved. I go to church because I am saved. I don't go to church to keep my salvation. I, I, I'm not the one keeping my salvation. Jesus says that we're in His hand and no man can pluck us out of it. David said, restore to me the joy of thy salvation. Thy, not my, thy salvation. Because salvation is not mine, it's His. And it's not me that's holding my salvation. It's Him that is holding my salvation. But let's just be real honest. We got convictions in our life because we are saved. Because we are saved. There are things that we don't do because that book says not to do it. There's more than Ten Commandments in it. But if a man believed that, well, you're going to get saved or you're going to go to heaven if you're going to go to heaven, you're going to go to hell if you're going to go to hell. There's a lot of other things a man could be doing. We could take all of our money out of missions and put it in a building fund. We could drop close to 40 missionaries. But I'm glad I don't believe that way. I don't not believe that way because I choose not to believe that way. I don't believe that way because the Bible don't teach that. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. The Lord is not slack concerning His promises. Some men count slackness. But as long suffering thus, we're not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Those who are invited into this rest, you know who it is? It is the world today. It is the world. It is the world. I, I've had people say before, I don't understand how you can be so happy. Tell you the reason why? Because I accepted an invitation. I accepted an invitation, and the person that gave the invitation had the power because he was my propitiation to put me back in fellowship with God. The invitees today. Who is it? It's the world. Tell you the reason we got tracks today? Because we want the world to know Jesus is God. Let me say this about that. Those new tracks, it's just a front and back. It's got a picture of our church on it. We've got plenty of them. That's the reason we bought them. We give less than $100 a thousand for them. Give them out and we'll buy more. That's the reason they're here. That's the reason they're stretching because we believe the world, the world can be saved. So you not only see the invitation, you see the invited. But I want you to note number three this morning. I'm done. Come unto me, all you that labor and heavy labor. I want you to note this. I want you to note the incentive. The incentive. What is an incentive? I, I was talking, uh, I was talking to uh, a fellow the other day, and his son was was talking about going to Baptist to work full time at Baptist. And I asked him, I said, well, "Well, what's the incentive for going down there full time?" 
And he said, I can't remember, it was like they was offering him a three or four thousand dollar sign on. If he come there and agreed to stay so long, they was gonna give him this much money and this and this. There's an incentive program. Y'all with me? A lot of places you work, there is an incentive program there. What is the incentive of this today? Here's the incentive. And I will give you rest. I will give you rest. That's a pretty good incentive That's the best incentive program I've ever heard of, to be honest. He said, I will give you rest. I said this a while ago. I say it again in closing. Leslie and I was talking, she was talking about some different things, and I just looked at her and I said, I can't control it. So Brian, I looked at her and said, I'm not going to worry about it. There's some things that's out of my control. So why, why should I waste a good night of sleep with worry when it's been my life? You know what Jesus said? He said, if you'll just come unto me, I'll give you rest. He goes on to say in those verses, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is easy. The incentive is this. If you want rest this morning, you need to take whatever that is that's killing you in your life and let the person that has invited you, that has the power to control the circumstances from that and has become your propitiation so now you can talk to the Father, you need to allow Him to give you rest. Allow Him to. Allow. Daddy used to say this. He said, worrying's like a rocket chair. It'll give you something to do, but it won't take you nowhere. You know, that's true. It'll give you something to do, it won't take you nowhere, Brother Ken. You can go down there at the house. There's five of them on the front porch of my house. You can go down there, and you can get in one, and this seat, when I come back to church, you can still be down there in it, and you wouldn't have went nowhere. That's exactly what worrying will do. Tell you what worrying will do to you. It'll drive you to an early grave. Tell you what worrying will do to you. It'll make you bitter. It'll make you angry. Make your heart full of malice. And before you know it, you'll be hating everybody else over something that's completely out of your control. There's nothing you can do about it. There is some things that we can control. But Brother Stan, a lot of times the storms of this life, they're out of our control. Yes, sometimes we bring storms on ourselves. But there's some things that's completely out of control. The incentive is this. If you'll just come to the Lord and let God have Sometimes comes from playing songs. Sometimes we get this, we get this, uh, this macho attitude. Well, I'll get them back. I will. They will repay. Hold on. Won't we go to the scriptures? In the scriptures, vengeance is mine, saith Jonathan. Saith Lord. 
vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I will repay. I will. So this morning, whatever that is that is burdening you so bad, you know the best thing to do? Just take it to God. Just take it to God. I talked about the other day, walking in with that burden on her back. I had one of them chairs and that burden that's on her back. Man, we just can't go. We come to an altar. We get to the altar and we say, God, I'm going to leave it with you. And we get right back up and we still got that chair on our back. Y'all with me? And we wonder why God's not helping us. It's because we're not leaving it with Him. We like to fix things. I do. I like to fix things. If something's broke, let's fix it. Let's fix it. And, and being in command of everything. Rashon is trained that in the midst of chaos, to come in and take control of it. Come in and take control of it. But Kevin, we've been trained that in the midst of chaos at a house fire and everybody running out, to run in and take control of the situation. Brother Brian, when you was working in the AD, you was trying to take control of the situation. Miss Vicky, when you was assistant supervisor, you'd roll up on a scene and everything would be going haywire, but it was your responsibility to take control of that situation. How many times in our life do we think, man, everything's in shambles. I've got to take control. Every once in a while, I'll just be honest with you, every once in a while, I walk into a youth meeting and Miss Vicky will be being compassionate for just a second. And it'll start to be a little chaotic. I don't have to say nothing. But Tim don't have to say nothing. We just leave. When Mama Vicky fixes and jacks somebody up, control will be maintained. Ain't that right? That's our nature. We take control. Let's be honest. At 1059, it's a little bit chaotic. But what happens? Let's all stand, turn to page 57, sing Amazing Grace. Somebody took control of the atmosphere. And in our lives, the storms of this life are raging. We want to take control. I want you to hear me this morning. I'm done. There's an invitation extended to you today to let somebody else take control. To let somebody else take control. And that person has all the power to control that situation. Has every bit of the power to control that situation. It's out of your hands. Let him have it. I promise you, you'll rest better tonight. You may even get a Sunday afternoon nap and not have to take it Sunday night while the preacher's preaching like some other people. If you just give it to him. Come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy labor, and I will give you rest. I will. That's a promise from God's word.
You can trust Him today. Father, as we stand all over the congregation, I want you to know the need of the service.